Hello, hello. Welcome to Random Acts of Living. I'm your host, Emilia Nordhuk. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited about the story that I have to tell you. So let's go ahead and just dig right into the meat of it. So welcome to Random Acts of Living. I am with um, a new friend that I met on my journey, my 5,000 mile journey to the Southwest and through the magical land of Arches and Zion and back to the non-magical land of Nebraska and Iowa. So I'm, I'm speaking with Sheva. And Sheva is an amazing woman with an incredible, badass background who has just lived a full, amazing, beautiful life. And I wanted to have her on to talk about her story in a couple of really fantastic um, businesses that she's working on. So, um, so Sheva, we were having this really great conversation right before I started recording, and, and you were talking about what your ethos was in relation to the work that you do. And um, and I'll preface it by saying Sheva does work in the, how do you say Sheva, the cannabis industry or? I like to say, yeah, I was going to say, I'd like to say that I am a cannabis and psychedelic uh, licensing and compliance consultant. Uh, we help businesses get into the industries and stay in the industries. That's fantastic. And um, so that's that's what you do. So so I think that what what drew me to your story was that like your life and what you do for a living are I think like beautifully entwined. And and I'm really fascinated by people who live their lives in such a full and authentic way. And, and that was like the hit that I got from you when I first um, ran into you in Denver, when I met you, I didn't run into you actually like run into, but (laughs) so, so we were talking a little bit just about previously, like, you know, kind of your path, you know, on this and, and some of the things, you know, the life that you led that kind of brought you to this place and, now the amazing work that you do, I think, to to bring, you know, all of this together to help people really, um, you know, work through some like major issues with with more tools that are available to us now that you know cannabis is legal in in Colorado, which is where you live, and and also um, you've Colorado's decriminalized psychedelics. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, there it decriminalized started here in Colorado. The first reg, first mention of psychedelics in the legal framework or or in a regulated framework was the decriminalization of mushrooms in Denver in 2019 in May. Yay. Yeah, I, I I would love to. Yeah, let's let's you you would ask me about my ethos and and where I come from and and how I got here and. I wanted to start telling you this great story about a poem that I wrote and it's called the absurd comedy of the great metaphor. And it just, it's probably the comprehensive undertone of my entire life entire identity is the humor that is living 
and the metaphor that is our lives. And that's a really fun and exciting place to start, I suppose. You know, I think of psychedelics and cannabis, and those are the two industries that I work in. I believe in both of those substances to heal and treat our physical and mental health. And as an approach to as an approach to, you know, life and where we get to choose our path. And so, you know, as I'm growing my businesses, I'm, you know, a little bit of background. I, you know, started my psychedelic journey about 17 years ago, and it led me on a very (laughs) well-traveled, very explorative um, journey, which is how I came to meet you, Amelia, through our mutual friend who I met on the road in Mexico. And a lot of the approach to living that I have is about sovereignty and the ability to make decisions about our well-being through our own choices. And this new life that we're in where cannabis is accessible and psychedelics are on their way to being more accessible is exactly the path to get to sovereignty and clear-headed well-being. I love that word sovereignty as you use it for individualism and you know, ownership uh, and responsibility. I I think that's a way that we don't use it often enough. So I really appreciate that. (laughs) I like it a lot. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's my guiding mantra in life is, is sovereignty and the absurd comedy of the great metaphor, which, (laughs) you know, when you think about that sentence, you can look at every experience we have in life, whether good or bad or difficult or, you know, any way. And it's all, Uh, um, a reward or a lesson, you know, uh, a success or a lesson. And and that's what metaphors are. It's just the example of what could be and should be based on every, every life experience we ever have. It's true. I mean, I think like even, right. So even when you say success or a lesson, I mean, sometimes I think the greatest gifts are the, the failures or the lessons that we have to learn. Right. So it's really, you know, I mean, I like to say like, yeah, learning comes from, you know, a pleasant experience as well. (laughs) But um, the other half of me is like, oh, no, learning comes from the really hard stuff, too. Yeah, we want the good things to happen. But we actually learn the most when when life is hard. Yeah. Or when an experience is hard. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I wonder, you know, if you're talking about like, um, so what was the name of your poem? And, and do you do you want to read a little bit of it or? Um, you know, the, the, the funny thing about that uh, poem is that it, it actually the rest of it's gone. It's it it got lost uh, on some journeys and which I think matches very well with the title of it. So, <laughs> you know, the humor of loss um, in the ability to grow. And so. It's true. What's left is a five word poem or six word poem, the absurd comedy of the great metaphor. (laughs) I do like that. I mean, really, I like what more what more do you need than than that? (laughs) 
Exactly. <laughs> it's true. That would make a fantastic tattoo. You should definitely, I'm, I'm going to absolutely endorse uh, getting that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a couple of words that I'm, I'm getting and that's, that's, yeah, that's on the list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know words are words, like getting words tattooed or like using words in like visual art. It's like, Ooh, you know, like approach that in with extreme caution. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when it feels right. So, and I think that I do love that, that, that humor in, you know, in that sentence, because yeah. I think unless we approach things with, without humor, like we're just lost. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And it's, you know, it's, it's also all absurd and it's also, you know, every, everything in life is a metaphor and, and mm -hmm. yeah, that, that, that one is always, that one's always one of my core ethos for sure. Right. Right. Well, and I think another thing that, um, that you and I have talked about and, um, at length is like, just like the healing power of psychedelics and, and, you know, in different ways, you know, both as like, tripping or microdosing and just how these different things can be used. There's two, two things that I find um, really important. I actually, you know, I want to, I want to start to say that I, I have to say this and I'm sure you know, but I, I'm not encouraging anyone to use psilocybin or any other controlled substances. And I'm not a doctor no. and that no. if you want uh, any more information that you should talk to your doctor about it. So have to say that that protects all of us. So from that content, Absolutely. from that context, um, let's, let's say there's two ways. I think there's two ways that people can do psychedelics. And, and, and when I say psychedelics, I'm going to just in this context, talk about psilocybin. That's the okay. substance that I really stand behind. And that's the substance that was decriminalized primarily in Denver. And so from, from the context of psilocybin. So, you know, there's two ways to consume psilocybin. There's, there's microdosing and then there's macrodosing. And each one serves a very different function. Um, I like, I prefer, and I love talking to people about microdosing. I like to joke that it makes you 10% happier. <laughs> and it's not meant to trip. It's not meant to have like a deep, wide trauma dealing experience. It's more like, you know, makes it a little more easy to wash the dishes or talk to your boss, or it gives you a little bit more support when dealing with anxiety or depression. Uh, people that I talk to who consume uh, microdose levels, which is, you know, anywhere from 50 milligrams uh, to 100 milligrams, which, you know, a, a 20th of a gram or a 10th of a gram. Um, you know, people talk about how their highs are a little higher and their lows are a little less low. Mm -hmm. And so the yeah. curve changes. And that's why people that I talk to who like the microdosing, they just see this dramatic shift in their daily life. And so it's meant to take like a supplement where you're supporting your daily life in, in, in bringing more joy, happiness, stability, consistency, communication style, um, heart centeredness, 
you know, um, forward, forward motion, it really provides a little bit more mental health. And that's really my big deep passion is the mental health support. And that's the big piece of what I'm driven by. And, you know, cannabis does the same for so many people and psychedelics do it as well. We don't have the education yet and that's coming and that's coming. And that's part of my role is to help educate people on what the purpose of consuming psilocybin or psychedelics is for. So that's one area that I love talking about microdosing. I support that. I, I used to, I usually like to use Paul Stamets regimen of mixing it with lion's mane mm-hmm. and niacin, which, you know, helps with brain functioning and distribution across your body. And so that's a really good blend. Um, you know, so that's one approach. And then the other approach is macrodosing, which could be anywhere from three grams to, I mean, shoot, some people can take up to 20 grams, you know, and, right. and, and a good general uh, regular macrodose is probably around uh, five grams. And so, you know, when you're talking about that realm, that's, you know, are you, you know, that's where you talk about like, what is the safe and responsible way to do a macrodose? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of risk and benefit, and we have to really approach those conversations with a lot of intentionality and proper, you know, focus on the, the wellness of it. And I could go into all of those. I, I get really excited about talking about all the S's. There's a lot of those. If you're if you're ready for that, I can jump right into that. Absolutely. Tell me what the S's are. I think this is super great. And I just wanted to point out here, like, so the difference between like cannabis and psilocybin, because I am like, I've always felt like, like this weird person, because I've never really liked cannabis. It's never really agreed with my body or my brain. But I've always been drawn to psilocybin. So, you know, so, you know, right there, that's like one of the things where it simply has always been like, I I have always considered it a healing moment for me, when I've been able to stop and and take it. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you about cannabis. Like, Cannabis is a very particular experience for me, and mm-hmm. and it's not a very general thing. Like I I I'm a very uh, isolate. I prefer my cannabis completely on my own, and it doesn't really feed my higher self in the way that I want for my own body. And that's to say that I know that there are hundreds and thousands of others who literally can't do their daily life without cannabis. It's a really good pain management support. It really serves people in so many ways. So, um, you know, that's why I get really excited about psychedelics because that does feed me in a very particular way. And, and I am interested in, you know, evolving the educational experience of people. I mean, it appears though, the, the revolution of it, the, you know, the industry of it, 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 the, the Renaissance, the reformation, whatever language you want (laughs) to use, it appears that it's moving at like light speed at this point. And therefore the education is critical. And that's, there's such a, a required 
it required space for us. And today's bicycle day. So, you know, that's, you know, today is one day out of the year where there is more attention on, on psychedelics and, and what it's good for and how it works. And that's why we really need to pay more attention because more people are getting on board and, and understanding the S's, which I always smile about, but understanding that and really using that model to build, you know, your approach and understanding who it's good for and who maybe it's not so good for. And so what is, what are the risks and benefits? What is the safe and responsible way to consume psychedelics on a larger scale? What are the five S's? Lay them on me. Okay. I love this. This is my favorite part. So I'll just list them off and then I'll explain what they all mean. There's set and setting, which everybody knows. Everybody's heard of the concept set and setting. Mm -hmm. So there's set, setting, substance, sitter, session, and situation. So there's six. Okay. Um, Okay. So each one set, that's like your mindset. What's your expectation of the trip Mm -hmm. and, and your, of your guide. Like, what's your expectation of the experience? Then there's setting, which is your environment, your physical environment, but also your atmosphere. So, like, not just where you are, but how it's set up, like what what kind of lighting, sound, um, you know, outside noise, white noise. Um, Next one is substance, which is substance and quantity. So how much are you taking? What are you taking? What is the substance? Uh, more information about those details. Mm-hmm. Uh, your sitter, who is your sitter and why? And, you know, all of these S's also, uh, they, they, they work for whether you are sitting with a therapist, a shaman, a friend, a partner, or by yourself. All of these are relevant. And really understanding the answer to all these questions before you actually take these substances is really crucial. So sitter, you know, I know uh, that some people prefer to take substances alone. And so if you are one of those people, then your sitter is yourself. And you have to understand the risk and benefit of sitting for yourself. Maybe it feels more free and sovereign to do it alone, but do you have a backup plan if things get hard? Do you have somebody on speed dial if you want? Mm. So maybe your sitter is somebody who's, you know, a couple miles away from you, but they're ready for you and they'll come over if you need, if they need you, uh, if you need them. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we got set, setting, substance and sitter and then there's session how much time are you going to be in your experience you know mushrooms take you know three to six hours lsd is six to 12 hours ketamine is one hour so knowing how much time it's all going to take is also really crucial and then your situation and that is your post experience integration that's like what is the plan for after your experience? Do you have somebody to talk to about it? Are you journaling? Uh, or what's what's going to happen because of your experience? What's the new thing that you learned and are going to apply into your life? So, and then really understanding what your expectation is and what your what your plan is. You know, it's really yeah. important to have all these pieces, whether you're going to sit with a therapist or alone. And that's, you know, those S's and that those concepts are really at the foundation of cannabis, of psychedelic 
education of what to do and how to do it and why and where and when. Yeah, no, I can see like, you know, just in just to speak about those things in such a, a simple way, but they are, you know, it, it is the crux of the experience. And I'm really, um, I'm really happy that you mentioned like the post integration, because, you know, I think that's something that we forget to do with like pharmaceutical, you know, like drugs for depression or anxiety and other, you know, mental, you know, you know, well-being um, issues that we have to, you know, that we see that we may take them for is, is like, how, how are we going to integrate that? Like, so, you know, how, whatever you're doing to, you know, help your, you know, your mental health and your overall well-being, I like the idea of setting aside some time and really working on that integration. Yeah, that's that's crucial. And and, and and in my thoughts, that is actually where the real medicine lies. And it's something I heard Alex Gray say a few years ago, where people who take substances, any substances, whether you're you know professionally doing it or at a party or at a festival, it's not the experience that matters. It's the it's the integration thereafter. So you know, you always hear about those people who take drugs every weekend and they're just doing it for the party. But the real benefit of psychedelics and the real effort is the integration piece. And so it's not the substance. And, you know, often I've heard therapists, I there's a therapist colleague, a friend of mine who talks about how actually the, 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 the trips that he's sat with are often quiet they're quiet and there's not a lot of talking going on during these experiences. There's music, there's silence, there's touch, there's, you know, closed eyes experience, there's darkness, there's colors, but the actual conversation happens at the end. That's really, really interesting. I I'm really excited to see research, you know, coming out well you know it's coming with all of these regulations you know there's going to be a lot of lessons learned and i know that you know denver uh ann arbor michigan santa cruz oakland uh and now the state of oregon all have and there's over a hundred other cities and states talking about psilocybin and other psychedelics oh washington dc also had a ballot initiative like denver mm-hmm. um so there's a, already a lot of cities and states having these discussions about regulation changing, uh, whether it's decriminalization only. Obviously, we um, all prefer that decriminalization happens first so that people have the sovereignty to grow their own medicine at their own space and their own time and in their own environment. So that's obviously the first approach approach and desire. And then, of course, Oregon created a medical model. And, you know, we're going to learn a lot from the Oregon experience. You know, they have two years to implement their regulations. And then once that two years is up, then we'll start having licensed therapists where you can go and have a facilitated experience, uh, a regulated one. And we're going to, like I keep saying, we're going to learn a lot from that experience, what works, what didn't work. Other states are paying attention. And just like with the cannabis industry, I mean, Colorado was first and there have been 33 other states that have, well, we weren't first for 
medical, but you know, there's, there's like, I think 14, 15 states right now with recreational and everybody is learning from the mistakes of previous states. So Colorado is a really great launch pad for cannabis changes so that it gets better every round. And now the states that are coming online in cannabis are making the better decisions because they have a template of what worked and what didn't from all the states. And so I'm expecting and hoping that the same thing happens in psychedelics for, you know, regulation, that we're going to learn a lot and that it's okay that we don't know. Oregon is going to be a tester run and then we're going to mm-hmm. see how it goes there. And and from there, we're going to learn better. I mean, the goal is always going to be better equity, you know, lower barrier to entry for minorities, women, veterans, disabled folks. Uh, We want to do better than the cannabis industry in that regard. Um, But that's, you know, equitable, equitable access for psychedelics and, you know, learning from the mistakes of the cannabis industry so that our psychedelic industry is just open, uh, open for business and open for consumption. And that's our hope. Nice. I, you know, I like that a lot because you brought that to my attention about the um, accessibility and the equitable like entry point for, um, for, for everybody, you know, to have access and that that was something that didn't happen in the cannabis industry. Um, And I thought your statistic around that was that 70% of the businesses are owned by white men. Is that correct? Uh, I don't have that exact number, but that number is not far off. To make some of the listeners feel better that there is a huge group of folks who are trying at the front end before there's even an industry to make sure that equity is definitely part of the conversation. So that's already happening. And I really am grateful for that because... Um, as a Jewish woman, you know, I'm, I can, I would like to see more, more women owners, more minority owners. Um, so that's something that I'm really excited about. Right. Um, but as far as, you know, use and consumption, I'm, I'm, I'm really thrilled to see this movement happening, happening at the rate that it is happening at. Um, and my hope and prayer is that there's, going to be a lot of opportunity for education. And that's really a big part of it. You know, there's, you know, part of the education is what is, how do we make sure it's safe for people? And Mm -hmm. how do we differentiate between, um, you know, whether it's, you know, smarter to take it with a therapist supervision or alone. And so that's, there's a lot of conversation going on around that as well. Right. No, and I think that's that's really interesting, and I'm really happy to hear that there's conversation. I think what always comes up in in the discussion um, that I have around it, because I am also I'm I'm not a, a fallen advocate like you are, but in my own little world, you know, I am always encouraging people to you know be open minded about psychedelics, but I'm always met with you know like well, there are some people who just shouldn't take it you know, but around, especially, you know, psilocybin. So I'm curious, I mean, do you have any, um, any sources that you would recommend if people are curious about it and want it to know more and want it to, you know, maybe understand, you know, like, are there people who 
like, you know, maybe psychedelics are, are not aligned with their, their mental well-being? Yeah. So, uh, thanks for asking that question. Uh, it's a sensitive question, of course. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't point to research in this moment, uh, but I will look for some to share with your, you know, on your files after, um, but it is, you know, there is the advice not for people who have bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, uh, to not take psilocybin. There isn't really enough research to determine safety for those mm-hmm. folks. And that's, so that's an area that people, you know, that it's kind of uh, advised against. Um, when it comes okay. to people who have severe PTSD or major depression or extreme anxiety or other psychological conditions that may be taking it specifically with a medical advisor or, you know, a therapist, uh, that would be advised, advised to take, take it with a therapist or take it, uh, under medical care. And that would really help, you know, guide a difficult experience. Um, you know, I don't like to say bad trip anymore. It's more a challenge because like we had said earlier, it's, uh, you know, everything's a, a good, uh, a win or a lesson. And in that regard, a, a, a difficult experience, with psychedelics is something that if you have a guide or mentor with you, then you can process that a little with a little bit more safety. Right. Well, and again, I want to go back to, you know, your idea of the six S's. Sisses. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, And, 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 you know, the last one, you know, like, you know, just that integration idea, you know, I, I do, I do really, you know, can see how whatever you're looking for in in a a trip or a journey or um, a microdose that you know that last part is is really going to be important. Yeah, the integration, absolutely. So, and especially I think if you're working with some of these bigger issues like PTSD and you know deep depression and anxiety that. Like you want to take the pieces that work and then integrate it, you know, and fully kind of understand how you can then support that moment to be a little longer lasting in your life and to kind of break down, you know, those things that are, you know, weighing on you and creating the depression or the anxiety. And, you know, PTSD, I think, especially is like when there's a trauma that needs to be healed you know, sometimes like really broadening that, you know, experiential um, moment in your mind and heart to get to like the bottom of the trauma. Yeah. I mean, is, you know, part of those, part of the, you know, the setup for your experience is, you know, deciding whether you're your intending your intention is to deal with trauma or explore the multiverse or have fun. And all of those are valid and totally required Whoa, for wait, a, have a, wait, we can have fun. Wait, we can have fun here. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, yes, we're allowed to run through the woods with our best friends and laugh about how absurd the world is. <laughs> yes. <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love fun. I'm I'm I my life is is I just really believe that 
the exploration of our self and the identity that we carry and the pleasure of meeting other humans and the ability to see the world and realize how much the same it all is. It's all a metaphor. You know, we're all here to to just live our best life. And psychedelics are so much fun and such a pleasure. And, and in my opinion, one of the best gifts that this planet has ever given us is the ability to explore our inner verse, which is one of my favorite new words is inner verse. I love that too, inner verse. I love to explore my inner verse and I love to have fun and I love to run laughing through the woods with my good friends. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, I, you know, the, the part of, part of, you know, it, intention setting and treating and healing our severe mental health wounds is all about getting back to a place of simple fun and simple joys. And that's what we want for life. And giving people access to cannabis and psychedelics. And, you know, my approach in my business is all about uh, the entrepreneurs. I love the entrepreneurs. And, and, but really, that's really just a secondary goal, you know, like if I can help the entrepreneurs get licensed or have their compliance be on point or make sure that all their business ducks are in a row, what actually gets to happen is the community that surrounds that business has safe access. And that's really my goal. And so, you know, I'm, I'm committed to this vision for the rest of my life. My husband and I have both been involved in the psychedelic space and I've been in the cannabis space for uh, six years. And all I want is for people to have safe access and all of them, all the people, not just the privileged people, but everybody. And the goal is to have just this this quality earth grown medicine that is just available and if we can provide if we can provide these substances to people then then we can you know ideally in the idealistic world mind worldview we can support people having a happy life and you know we started this conversation started this particular part of the conversation talking about microdosing that's you know take the big macro dose to get the, get a reset in your, in, in attitude and mindset, and then take the micro dose to kind of give you that micro nudge reminder that life is beautiful and is magical and is always, is always available for, for better well-being and stronger self-care and sovereignty. Oh, Shavit, that was beautiful. <laughs> I may cry. <laughs> it was um, that that was so well said. Thank you so much. And um, I really hope that you come again on uh, Random Acts of Living. And I will put links um, so that people can reach out to you if they have any questions, if that's okay with you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining me. And if you found this interesting or provocative or maddening, well, leave me a review and tell me about it. Drop me a line. Let me know some of your stories. And thanks again for joining me. I look forward to talking to you again. Have a great day. Be well. Stay present. Aloha. Aloha.